myself again. But it's the only way. Good morning. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Braith. It is Saturday morning, a slightly earlier start with Mick Belows. How are you, Mick? Very, very bright. Very bright. Very, very bright. Very breezy and a little bit depressed as well, but there you go. There you go. I, I know, you know what, Mick? I, I've been the same this week and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's January. I don't know whether it's the transfer market or it's or the lack football. Of it's the football. It is, mate. I am putting it. Yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, it's progressively got worse with each show this week. And I think I hit like the angry stage on Thursday with Malcolm and Gibbo, who love having a rant. And then last night was rather a philosophical depression, um, you know, with with the lads, with Steve and Mitch and with uh, Joe. And uh, yeah, I just, I think looking at it, it all started on Saturday after that terrible result. And it can only be described as a terrible result against Watford. Yeah. Then looking at the league table and watching match of the day again on Sunday uh, and progressively just seeing, you know, the reality of it. I think it's just been yeah. a, a slow sinking in. Is that is that what's the matter with you as well, do you think, Mick? Well, I think the word that comes to mind um, and has has come the word to me for weeks, probably a couple of months now, um, Steve, is is the word that you we, we you normally get with football. You normally get with football, and, and especially football teams and football clubs and football fans and football in general that isn't going particularly well. Um, you hope a bounce, a bounce. You know, you just yeah. keep thinking all the time we'll get a bounce. We're not getting a bounce, Steve. We're not getting a bounce. You know, you sometimes you think, okay, it won't take, you know, it'll take two or three weeks for the bounce to kick in. But we're now looking into January. We're halfway through the transfer window and we've seen no bounce. We've seen no bounce. And, you know, you talked about how disappointing, you know, Watford was a week ago. Absolutely spot on. And then you think to yourself, well, okay, Watford are probably half decent. Maybe, maybe Watford, maybe we're a bit, we're doing a, you know, a disservice on Watford. And then Watford go last night at home against Norwich City, who was supposedly Norwich, supposedly dead and buried six weeks ago. And we thought, well, the, uh, the, at least, at least there's one team who have already gone um, and it will only be two to, to, to go for. Um, and suddenly Norwich have had a bounce. Watford looked awful yesterday. Watford are, are, are now back in the in the bottom three, um, and you just wonder every time something comes around, you just you're just not sure what's going to happen next. You know, the only the only consistent, sadly, in all of this, Steve, is Newcastle being inconsistent. You know, everybody else seems to have some sort of level of consistency, bounce, a little bit of euphoria. We are getting nothing. No, we're definitely not. And I mean, um, you know, you can try and find some plus points from last week's game in the sense that, you know, Newcastle had a new signing through the doors, but he was marked out the game. We didn't really give him any service. ASM was his usual frustrating self. The midfield combo of Longstaff and Shelby's <clears> not working. Longstaff yeah. looked worse again last week than, you know, if it's possible, he looks worse each game. And the nervousness yeah. and the, yeah. I, I don't know what, just, daftness of, of mm. Lascelles in centre-half. I mean, the kid's a lovely lad. He's clearly mm. done a lot in that changing room. Lovely lads don't stay up. Uh, yeah. That's the problem. And he's no. been through relegation before. And that, that's got to play on his mind as well. But he, every time the ball comes to his feet, Mick, he panics. He, he makes the wrong decision. He can win yeah. the ball in the air as long as it's outside <clears throat> the box. But anything yeah. in the six-yard line, when it's a set-piece, yeah. he, yeah. he just seems to lose his man. It's so frustrating. But, Steve... But, Steve, you can talk quite rightly. You can talk and we can talk and I can talk. And the lads listening to this and, and fans, you know, listening to this can talk about Lascelles. They can talk about Shelby. They can talk about maybe Chris Wood didn't have the best debut in the world. They can talk about how inconsistent um, ASM can be. We can talk about how rubbish, um, you know, A, B and C were against Cambridge, were against Watford. You know, the bottom line for me... Um, Steve is is the person who who needs to be you know front up is the manager because at this minute in time when I talk about a bounce I talk about the bounce that Steven Gerrard had I'm talking about the bounce that Dean Smith has had Aston Villa and Norwich City who both did exactly the same as Newcastle did which was get rid of a poor team get rid of a flailing manager get rid of a disappointing sense of, of everything that was happening at the club, got in new people, got in, 
hoping to get somebody who would make a response, somebody who would make a bounce, somebody who would make a difference. Gerard has won four. They, they all they all coincide at virtually the same week. It was it was all in November, first middle of November. Dean Smith, um, Stephen Gerrard and Eddie Howe all arrived at new clubs, supposedly in order to rescue what was happening to their football club. As I say, Gerrard has now won four games. Dean Smith has now won four games since then. Eddie Howe has won one game and we are right in the mire, right in the mire. And I'm sorry, you know, people can talk about Steve Bruce and we can talk about Mike Ashley. That's absolutely spot on. You know, the, the, it, it, is, it is true what has happened previously. But don't forget, that same malaise was happening at Aston Villa in a different way. It was happening at Norwich City in a different way. They were in the shite as well. They were worrying about what they were doing with their football club. They were worrying what they need to do with their squad who were disappointing, who weren't winning games, who weren't doing this and weren't doing that. Right, we need, on a, we need, we need a firefighter. We need a firefighter to come in. So one went to Gerrard, one went to Smith and we went to Eddie Howe. And Eddie Howe has been patently disappointing. Disappointing. I'm not. I'm. I'm not for a moment saying we should. We should. We should kick the bucket. What I'm saying is, it is relative to blaming LaSalle, blaming A, blaming B. Also, significantly blame the disappointment of Eddie Howe as well. Yeah, I, I get. I, I get exactly what you're, where you you're coming to. from. You have to because you know, in the same way that when Steve Bruce was in charge, you said to yourself, "It's it's it's a it's a it's a it's a basis management that's about if you win games, then you're okay. If you don't win games, then you should get the sack." You know, and we're talking about Eddie Howe now. He's won only one of ten. You know, Steve Bruce got the sack amongst contributing factors. But because at that stage, at the start of the season, there was no win in nine. So, you know, it, they, 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 they knocked it down the line because Steve Bruce was clearly, clearly struggling. And they brought Eddie Howe in. But Eddie Howe is making, at this minute in time, absolutely no difference whatsoever, to my mind, between what was happening before that. Yeah, got to agree. Uh, everybody, everybody um, can see it. It's quite clear. Yeah, and, uh, we need, we need, we need to start winning games. We need to start winning them quickly. It's been a frustrating week in the transfer window. We know how difficult January yeah. is, Mick. Um, and I think what makes it worse for Newcastle fans is a lot of this is being played out in public as well, mm. and 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 it, and it makes a little bit of a farce of it. And Eddie Howe addressed this yesterday in the sense that he said he sees the papers and reads mm. the you know reads the reads the column inches like the next mm. man, and he said. I would say that 50% of it's accurate and 50% of it mm. isn't. I mean, that's just the way it is, isn't it? But do you think that's affected? Do you think the fact that it's such high profile and because it's our first trans transfer window when we've got money to spend, mm. that maybe is having a little bit of a detrimental effect yeah. in the way that agents are playing the game and other clubs? A little bit. The, 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 two, the two things I would say about Eddie Howe's uh, press conference yesterday... Um, you know, he, he speaks really well. He's, he's a good guy. He's, a, he's clearly a very educated. Um, he talks well. Um, you know, there's an awful lot to like about Eddie Howe. But there were a couple of things. I heard one journalist say at one point, which Eddie Howe, you know, didn't react to, but I don't think he needed to react to. But one journalist said in particular, Eddie, you know, you've been around football a long, long time. You've been involved in these transfer windows a long, long time. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Steve, he's never worked in a transfer window like a transfer window with Newcastle United. You know, it's all well and good at, at Bournemouth and I'm not being detrimental at all to Bournemouth Football Club. They're a fantastic uh, little operation. You know, Eddie Howe did fantastically well at Bournemouth, but it's a different world in terms of dealing with players, dealing with finance, dealing with money, dealing with, you know, high profile players with Bournemouth as there is, you know, to, to Newcastle United. So this is very new for him. It's very new to the owners as well, Steve. That's, you know, you've got to take that as a gimme. You, you know, th th there is no director of football. There doesn't appear to be a chief scout. I'm not too sure who is doing the deals. And the other thing that, I struck, that struck to me about yesterday and the way that people were going on about it, you've been there long enough, Steve. I've been there long enough. Transfer windows have been a nightmare for Newcastle United for years, for years. You know, yes, it, it has it has 
it has gone a bit bigger this time around because the owners are the natures of the beast that the owners are and the amount of uh, finance that is involved. But Newcastle have always been the club who everybody's gone to to try and up the ante in terms of money. And a lot of that has been down to the fact that every time over the past 20 years or whatever, since the Halcyon days, ever since Newcastle have struggled at a transfer window to get players in because they're fighting fires, they have always been... You know, if you look at, if you look at football clubs like Norwich City, West Bromwich Albion, uh, Burnley, Wigan over the years, Sunderland to a lesser point, you know... A lot of these football clubs, when they've got to January, they think to themselves, OK, Norwich are an ideal case in point. They've basically said to themselves, OK, there's no point. There's no point worrying about it. If we get relegated, we'll get relegated. We'll get parachute payments. We've got the sky money. We've got the finance. We'll bounce back again. But we're quite happy doing that. Newcastle is a very different animal. Newcastle United have a, have a, have a 52,000 crowd. It has huge, huge outlay in terms of finance. It is desperate for Newcastle United to make sure they stay in the Premier League. Yes, we've avoided it twice at relegation and thankfully bounced back on both occasions. But the desperation for Newcastle to keep in that Premier League financially, the rest of the world know it. It's that much more about Newcastle. It's not about Burnley. It's not about Watford. It's not about Norwich City. It's not about in the past, as I say, the West Bromwich Albions of this world. They've been quite happy to go through a transfer window thinking, OK, if we pick up a couple of two millions, if we pick up a five million. If we give it a good go at it, then we might stay up. But the, it isn't the worst thing in the world. If we get relegated, we've got the parachute payments, we've got the sky money, et cetera, et cetera. Newcastle can't do that. And as a, and as a, as a, as a result, you know, the rest of the world looks around and says, OK, there's another 10. Here's another 15. Now you throw in the Saudi Arabian, new, the new money, then it suddenly becomes 20 more. It becomes 30 more. So, you know, again, this whole scenario of Newcastle and the transfer window, it's nothing new to me. It's nothing new to me. It's the same. It's the same. The same thing happens most Januaries. What we did have for a while with Graham Carr for seven years as a chief scout, as a director of football, calling you what you will, we had somebody who knew what he was doing. It was predominantly based on Germany, France, wherever in the continent. We, we picked up the Kabais, we picked up the Dabuchis, we picked up the Sissokos, we picked up the Demba Bars, we picked up the Papi Cisses. We got top players, Steve. We got top players because we had a director of football, a chief scout, who managed to get those players. At this minute in time, it feels like everybody at St. James's is just trying to feel their way about it. We've got a manager feeling his way about being at Newcastle. We've got new ownerships feeling their way as well. And as a result, we're just a little bit of a mess at the minute. Yeah, I, th I found it interesting that, you know, the guy who'd been linked with coming into Newcastle um, to, to, you know, to run the rule over the uh, over the transfers, Hammond, um, yeah. you know, essentially was only brought in on a short-term short role. Came yeah. in, looked at what the plan was um, and said, yep, yeah, that's good. And, and he was away. So we still haven't got a chief executive no. officer. We still haven't got a director of football. We're still relying on Amanda and Miadad, who were good, you know, look, they've got to where they have in business by being good at business. Yeah. Um, you know, they're left, they're left to their own devices in this transfer window. They're the ones trying to get yeah. the deals over the line with PIF uh, and the Rubens. Absolutely. But the, 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 the word you use there is absolutely spot on, uh, Steve. And that's business. And you're right. Amanda Staveley uh, and PIF and the Rubens, business, absolutely. No business inside out. They don't know football inside out. Football business. Talk about the Alan Sugars of this world. Talk about Mike Ashley of this world. Talk about all these billionaires in this country who've tried over the years to try and make football, try to make it work. They can't make it work. Everybody has always said famously for many, many years, and it's getting worse now, of course, because of the finance involved. But it's a desperately, desperately difficult business, business for, 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 for businessmen who have previously thought, right, OK, this is what we do. We go to A to B. We go to see, we, we, we sort everything out. 
Football is a human. It's a human business. There are human people involved. There are people who are from different countries of Europe, different countries of the world, have, you know, tendencies to want to go to London. Some want to go to the northeast of England. Some want to play with this player. Some want to play. It's, a, it's an absolute minefield, you know? And as I say, when I, I watched him yesterday at his, at his press conference, Eddie Howe, I just got the impression that it is, it, you know, it, he should have known it. He should have known it because, um, you know, it is, a, it is a big, big football club, Newcastle. But it is getting to the sense to me that because he needs, he needs to concentrate on getting the... And, and he made the point repeatedly, and I think he was absolutely spot on. What he has to do, first and foremost, is try and get the 25 players who were in his squad to make them into a decent football team, which he can't do it at the minute. But what he doesn't need as well on top of that is trying to worry about a centre-back here, a, a centre-forward there, a central midfielder here. You know, the, the guy must be twisting and sticking left, right and centre. What he wants to do, first and foremost, as a good old-fashioned footballer, a good old-fashioned couch, uh, coach, is to get his squad sorted out, getting them sorted, getting them started to, to win games of football. Because until they win games of football, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We will just end up relegated. I mean, it's frightening, Steve. One win all season. And yet, yeah. amazingly, amazingly, we're still in the shout. You know, you look at the you look at the table, you know, Burnley 11. All right, forget the number of games involved because it is now slightly disjointed. But Burnley 11, Newcastle 12, Watford 14, Norwich 16. You're looking a little bit at Everton and you're thinking, could they get dragged into it? Is it definitely three from four? But the bottom line is it's absolutely staggering that we've only got one game this season and we're still in the shout. Believe it or not, I don't know whether people realise this, in January 2001, 12 months ago, Steve, do you know how many wins we'd won that season? Seven. And, wow. we, were and, we, were, and we were talking about it being terrible, disjointed, potentially relegated. Let's get Willock in from Arsenal. This was 12 months ago. We'd won seven games last January. That is scary. Yeah, it is. It's frightening. And, and yes, I still go to matches expecting Newcastle to win. And do what, as, as, as do I. You know, you, you think we'll go there today and OK, you know, yes, Leeds are a really, really difficult, you know, they're, they're, a, they're a strange beast. They've got a fantastic manager who, who does this, that and the other. But at the same time, you think to yourself, well, hang on a minute, let's remind ourselves up until maybe a month ago, Leeds United look like they could get dragged into it. You know, they've not been the team that they were last season. But then all of a sudden, they win at West Ham just the week that you want them. They start up again. But then maybe that was a fluke because they've got all the kids and maybe he changes it back today. He brings back the likes of Bamford, etc., etc. Maybe he changes it and they change. You just do not know at this minute in time, especially with this bottom four, because from, from one day and one week to the next, everybody everybody changes a little bit differently as to what they're doing with, as I say, with the exception of Newcastle, who just haven't bounced. They haven't bounced. No, they haven't bounced. I'm going to ask you now, I, I, I didn't bring this up with the lads last night. We had a shorter okay. show because I was out working. But just the trip to Saudi um, yes. and all the implications that brings. Um, yeah. The team are underperforming. They're not doing yeah. well. Yeah. It's still winter here. Yeah. Um, one one set of supporters would probably say, "We're going to Saudi." Yeah. Um, what benefit is it? Because yeah. ultimately, yeah, it's team bonding. But you're going out and playing in ridiculous temperatures. They're going to play a friendly now, which has been announced as well, yes. uh, which isn't which isn't the baddest of no. ideas in the no. grand scheme of things because no. they need as much practice as they can get some of these players. No. But the other thing is the political implications. Once again, Mick. Uh, Amnesty International coming out and saying mm. that it's uh, it's wrong that they should be doing this and blah, mm. you know blah blah blah. It's going to create a bit of a, another world storm. And, Potentially, and, and, yeah. And again, again, we we still have it. Whenever a new player signs, one news network will come out and say, "Did the yeah. fact that this is owned by the Saudis have any you know any direction yeah. on you coming here?" What what's yeah. your thoughts on this on this trip? Good thing or a bad thing? I don't have a facility. I don't have a. I, I, I don't have. Um... I don't have a problem with it at all, Steve. I really don't. Um, and, and I can see uh, why people might get a bit upset. 
Uh, I, I think with the exception of people outside uh, around Saudi Arabia and people outside uh, of Newcastle United, I, I, I think they might want to they might want to venture into this is right, this is wrong, um, talk about human rights, talk about this, that and the other. But, but I, 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 think, I think the people of, of Saudi Arabia will, I don't think they'll be overly, overly impressed or overly, overly excited about Newcastle United Football Club arriving, you know, in, in the middle of nowhere um, to, um, to go as what is really a PR exercise. But there is also, very definitely, there is also the opportunity that, you know, Eddie Howe said yesterday, quite rightly, you know, the facilities are there. You know, if, if anybody's seen the um, I know it's not exactly the same scenario, but if anybody's seen the, the Netflix um, documentary with Gary Neville and Qatar, you know, you, you look at the facilities that, uh, that are being rolled out for the World Cup. You know, there will be facilities in Saudi Arabia, stadiums in Saudi Arabia. Exact same. Uh, likewise, Eddie Howe said yesterday, quite rightly, because at this minute in time, it's very fragmented at the football at the football ground and the training ground. This actually might help a bonded exercise in getting the players all together. They're all in the same hotel. They're all in the same training facilities. They're being COVIDed. They're being tested, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it may not be the worst thing in the world to get them all locked away in the middle of Saudi Arabia to try and get some sort of camaraderie, to get some some sort of relationship between them. Because he's, he is desperate, we are desperate, Eddie Howe, to try and get this team to click, to try and get this team to work together, to, to find like some sort of relationship where they all pull together and, and they all start winning games of football. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. I, I really don't. And on top of that, the bottom line is, you know, bearing in mind, um, you know, we've all been very, very grateful for the fact that um, the new ownership have come along. They've rid that they've ridded us of, of 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 Mike Ashley. They've come back in. They're throwing money at the football club. They're communicating. They're doing now. The very least we can do is go to them and say thank you as a football club, as a squad, as a manager. To say thank you to them, say thank you. You know, we 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 are grateful to you. I don't I don't care whether people like it. Would be exactly the same if you if you if we had a billionaire uh, in Disney, for instance, and and Walt Disney back in the day said, "Look, I've I've thrown at millions and millions at this football club in the UK. I want to go and see them. I want to see my club." Fair enough. Absolutely fair. I don't have a problem. And I don't think it will be a distraction. I think Eddie Howe is, is, is consistent enough and, and he's considerate enough. Um, and, and they wouldn't allow that to happen. Whether there are one or two little issues um, in terms of the PR side of things, maybe. But I don't think it will be that great. And, it's a, and the other thing as well, Steve, is it's a small world these days. You know, people are going, oh, my God, they're going six or seven hours. People... You know, people people travel halfway around the world to buy a cinema. You know, people travel halfway around the world to to a concert. You know, to to go on holiday. So don't don't worry about going to Saudi Arabia. It's not a million miles in the world. You know, people go people go Champions League games to 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 form a to form a Soviet um, countries it much much further than Saudi Arabia and still play games of Champions League football or European football. So there's, there's no problem in terms of the distance. No, I do not have a problem with it. And in fact, in fact, if them locked away in a training scheme, in a hotel, make sure they're sorted with COVID. If they're there uh, and they're trying to sort one or two out and they kick, you know, they, they kick lumps out of each other, they, you know, they do whatever. If that helps get this team sorted out, all the more for it. Yeah, okay, that's a great point. Uh, let's dip into the uh, the messages and uh, see what people are saying in the chat. Good morning, everybody, and to all the moderators. William just asks a simple question: Does Mick think that we are down? I just, I keep, I keep saying, I keep saying, Steve. No, I do. I, I, I just, I keep thinking. The more I look at it, the worse it gets. Um, Am I absolutely obsessed? Am I absolutely, you know, confirmed that it is three versus four? You have to think it's increasingly like it. But Everton 
are a bit strange at the minute. But then again, going back to my point about a, a bounce, you know, you, you think about it today. They're at home to Aston Villa, early kickoff. Duncan Ferguson in that dressing room. There's the chance of a bounce. There's a chance that, that Everton could beat Aston Villa. We'll just have to wait and see. But I still think Everton are a little bit flaky, are a little bit flaky. If it's as straightforward as that, if it's about three from four, then I still think we have, at this minute in time, within a chance of being one of the, one of the four that escape. You know, Burnley, Watford and Norwich, I don't think they're the I don't think they're the greatest in the world, but then again, we are far from it as well. It, at this minute in time, it's as much of a muchness. But I'm certainly not giving it up. Certainly not giving it up. And I think if I think if Callum Wilson gets back fit, if Callum Wilson uh, and I'll I'll make a point about Chris Wood because I, I I was a little bit critical of him because I genuinely believed that he is no better than a seven out of ten, and I do believe he's a little bit overpaid, but. He's a Premier League player. He knows what he's about. Uh, but a lot of people have jumped on the, the fixture against Watford. I just had a feeling, Steve, you know, you saw the game. I didn't see the whole game. But I just think, and I think I made this point this time last week. I think I said my phrase was something along the lines of Chris Woods will walk out today in front of 52,000 and he'll never know pressure like it in his life. He'll have never known a fixture like it in his life. He'll have never known the expectation of going into 52,000 people at St. James's Park. You know, yes, Leeds United were a big club, but he was in the championship, but he's been at Burnley. He's been here, there and everything. I think the lad was probably, probably a bit nervous. I think he was probably very, very aware of the fact that he desperately, desperately tries. And you can, you know, like anything in, in life, Steve, you can try too hard. You can try too hard. And I, 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 give him, I give him a pass. I definitely give him a pass against Watford. You know, today against Leeds, against a side he knows well, against a pitch he's played well at, you know, this should, this should be, I think today, it should be more about Chris Wood and, and what he's about at, at Ellen Road. He knows the club. He knows the opposition, etc., etc. I think he'll probably go on and be a lot better than he was against Watford. Whether he's a, whether he's a great player, whether he's a good player, whether he's going to score the ten or twelve games, like I made the point last week, I'm not entirely sure. But I do prepare to give him a pass on last week, and I think we're a bit unfair on him to be critical of him last week against Watford. I think you'll see the better Chris Wood today and next week and the week after, etc. And going back to the point I was making, if we could get um, Callum Wilson and him as a pairing, if we can get a couple, particularly, particularly, sounds like a scratch record. If we got a centre-back or two centre-backs, I still think there's the possibility of being good enough to finish higher than Norwich, Burnley and Watford. So to answer the question, no, I've not given up on it. And yes, I still think there is a possibility, but it's getting very, very twitchy now because as much as anything, you know, I had to, you know what I had to do, Steve? I had to check myself twice, three times on the, on the final table of last season because I didn't, I defied my life. I defied my, my eyes that Newcastle won 12 games last season. And I went, no, it, that can't be right. It can't be right. Six home, six away, 12. Was it really? Was it really? And you think to yourself, we're in one. We've got one in January. So, you know, that's 11 games between now and the end of the season to equal what we did last season. I mean, we are really, really in it, really in it. But I'm still hanging. I'm still hanging. Yeah. OK, uh, we're going to have a quick ad break uh, and then we'll be right back. Thanks to all our sponsors. Spider VPN for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. They come up at the top of the Google search list. They are the boys to trust and will protect your computer from unwanted bugs. Skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors, 0191 and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. 
Thanks also to Arcot Interiors for all your kitchen necessities. You can find them at the bottom of Heaton Road and Google Arcot Interiors. They come up at the top of the Google search list. Thanks also to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks also to jabsignature.co.uk for all of the flyers that they do for us. Thanks to Media Arts for all the video work. If you're a first-time visitor to the channel, please subscribe. Hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner, and that's it. You can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week, and they are all free. Hit the thumb up underneath the video to like it. Click share to share to your social media, and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes and Spotify and other podcast providers. The show usually goes up 24 hours after the show. If you want to join the NUFC Matters cult and get a cup, a pen, a scarf and your membership card and entry into the monthly draw, put your phone over this QR code and it will take you straight to the website. Failing that, go to NUFCMatters.com and become a member. If you want to come and see Malcolm McDonald pre-match or post-match, we are at the Dog and Parrot. It's kid-friendly and it goes great food and beer and you can come and meet Malcolm in person before the match or after the match during the season. Make a donation to the food bank via nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is operational 365 days of the year. If you want to follow us on social media, then go to NUFC Matters. We've got a Facebook group and we've got a Facebook page. And if you're into the true crime stuff that we do, then follow Steve Rates True Crime Interviews. And that is a Facebook group. My personal uh, Twitter following page is at Steve Wraith and Instagram is Steve Wraith. Give me a follow on there too. That saves me doing it during the show, Mick. Oh, it's fantastic. Just, I, I, I nearly had a walk. I thought he's, <laughs> he's, he's gone. I, I thought he's gone. He's gone. Uh, okay, Graham Morton says, Morning, lads. Quick question. Eddie Howe doesn't have the best of squads and additions are lately, but how long until we question him? Now, you're on Twitter, Mick. It's a poisonous place at times. It can be yeah. a glorious place on the on the flip side. Um, this week hasn't been good. Uh, a lot of people questioning, you know, Eddie Howe already. And people are trying to contact uh, Mia Dad, of course, and Jamie Rubin, who are both on Twitter. Uh, people atting them about various things. I saw one person on Twitter who will remain nameless who actually mm. said uh, that these owners are as bad as Mike Ashley. Mm. It's 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 the nature. It's the nature of, of the animal. It's the nature of the beast. Um, but at the same time, as well, you know, <laughs> to to go back to to Steve Bruce to go back. So every manager, I mean, we're told, we're told that Claudio Ranieri is in, is in verge of, of, of getting the bullet at, at Watford. I mean, he's won eight straight defeats uh, on the basis of, of losing last night. So, you know, Claudio Ranieri, is he going to go? Um, it's about, a, 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 it, it's, it's, a, it's a driven business. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a games winning business. You know, we talked about, you know, I, I've already mentioned it once already. You know, while, um, you know, I wasn't Steve Bruce's biggest fan, but at the same time, I wasn't uh, his, his greatest detrator either. You know, I, I think I think when he was doing well, he was doing well. He, he, he probably should have gone at one point um, when the defense, when the uh, when the, the, the winds were, were so poor uh, and were racking up. But that's what that's what you have to live with. If you're a manager of a football club, if you don't win enough games, Steve, I'm sorry, you lose your job. It's a it's a straight and, and and straightforward as that. If you, if you don't win enough, then you're out. Um, one win in 10 is not great. And as I've made the point repeatedly, and I'll keep making it, you know, Stephen Gerrard and Dean Smith. Now, I don't know. I don't know whether either of those were available, whether in terms of Newcastle, you know, and, and the ownership toyed over who we should and who we shouldn't um take on as as new manager of Newcastle United. I all I keep all I keep being told is that um is that Eddie Howe did a very very fine interview, had a very good CV. They were impressed with him. They like what they hear from him. And that's a big part. You know, if you're a business, if you're an owner, it doesn't matter whether you're a football club, it doesn't matter whether you're the you know you, you you're the you're Harrods. It doesn't matter who you are. If you want people who you want to work in your operation, then you're going to look to them and you're going to say, OK, we, we like to go at them. But at the same time, if you get it wrong, 
then you have to change it because otherwise you you're cutting your nose off to to sport to sport your face again go the aphasia uh, kicking in there um but do you know what i'm saying it's it, it's very very difficult for them as fleeting football managers and football owners um to try and find that um that manager that they wanted first off um and eddie howe at this minute in time is struggling he is struggling there's no doubt about it gerard's won four smith's won four as i say did they were they an option you know did did they consider whether dean smith and stephen gerard were a possibility to take on as successor to steve bruce we'll never know maybe we'll never know but either way what i do know is that famous phrase that i keep banging on about it now they have both they have both recovered the situations that aston villa and norwich were struggling in Eddie Howe isn't recovering the situation that Newcastle is struggling in. And if anything, which is worse, Cambridge and Watford, rather than getting better, we seem to be struggling by even even worse. So mm -hmm. it, it, it is a difficult one. Today is a tough, tough game. Then, of course, you've got, you've got Everton. And because Everton, as I touched upon a couple of seconds ago, they are like Leeds. They're sort of the next two. The three from four suddenly potentially becomes the three from six. And the six, the five and the six, are Leeds and Everton. If we can single-handedly win or beat them, whichever depends on, on what happens, then we'll either win one way or the other. We'll either drag them back into it after today and the game against Everton, or alternatively... If we if we lose today and then beat Everton, then you can very definitely say it's three about four and we are right up against it. So we'll just have to wait and see. But but anyhow, as I said before, I would I wouldn't think about um, getting rid of him at this minute in time. But I'm sorry, Steve. What I would say is if we get honestly, I would say as soon as three or four times, three or four games, three or four games. And we still have only won the one. I think you've got to. I think you've got to. Because otherwise, it's too late. It's too late otherwise. You know, we're running out of games badly. We will also know at that point exactly what's happening with the transfer window. We hoped. We hoped. But again, I don't blame Eddie Howe about this. I probably blame why we haven't got a chief scout. Why we haven't got a director of football. Why we can't somehow find somebody through the building between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week to get a centre-back or somebody in against Leeds United. Because, of course, once Leeds played today, once Leeds played this afternoon, that's it anyway in terms of January. We won't play again in January. So it's, it's done and dusted in terms of, in terms of games. So we can't, we can't win somebody um, next week or the 11 days, whatever it is, and try and rescue one game with new um, with new players, we just can't do that. So we shall just have to wait and see. But I, I do I do think at this minute in time it's not right. But it could be. It could. It could conceivably be within a month's time. I think I think you would seriously have to look at it then. Okay, John's uh, on this morning, basically saying, do you think Eddie Howe will stay as manager if uh, Newcastle go down because he thinks that the Saudis won't tolerate failure? He's also asking, do you think it's a psychological block? I mean, Eddie Howe mentioned that in his press conference last week, that they, they have that losing mentality at times. They don't feel it can push on to get that second goal, and that's half the problem. I mean, this is this is the bottom line, uh, Steve. I think we, we've said it, and I've I've said it a million a million times you know, since this whole um, new ownership kicked in and Mike Ashley disappeared, you know, we, yes, we, we screamed and bawled. We celebrated. It was fantastic. 14 years was gone. The Sports Direct signs have gone, et cetera, et cetera. But what we had in, in, in alternative is something we don't really know. We, we really don't know. So it's, it's all well and good people saying um, that they do this, they do that. They don't know this. They don't do that. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it to a degree, but I think I'm pretty certain in my mind that it is very difficult for them and that their knowledge of football isn't quite what it what it might be, um, simply because we know in their history what their business practice has been. You know, they haven't been um, football businessmen in the past. 
They haven't been football owners. Uh, they don't know, they don't seem to know anyway, openly, anybody within the regime who knows football, knows in and out of football. They also significantly, if you remember, you know, back in October, November, there was talk of Shearer, there was talk about Keegan, there was talk about this, that and the other. There were talk about bringing people into the football club who were proper football people, who we saw, you know, as, as somebody who we had as a figurehead. That figurehead hasn't hasn't appeared. Uh, we don't know. I mean, here's an instant in case, and, and, and this is ignorance on my part, uh, and people will say, well, just you just don't know what you're talking about, Mick, uh, and there's an element of it. But, I mean, just a small thing, Steve. But, I mean, for instance, um, Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood have both been paraded um, as transfers, and they've been decent transfers. Trippier, in particular, has been a fantastic transfer. But I've seen the I've seen the pictures of the two figures either side, left and right of Trippier, left and right of Chris Wood. I have no idea who they are. I have no idea. You know, there's 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 no say a Keegan or a Shearer or a Warren Barton or a Robert Lee or a Graham Carr or or whoever Terry McDermott, anybody who's worked at the football club in the past. Nobody who is a profile, high profile football character within the football club. I, I, I just saw A and B and C and D um, shaking the hands of Trippier and shaking the hands of Chris Wood. I have no idea who they are. So, you know, as I say, that all along we, we are fast and, you know, we're, we're trying desperately um, to find out what and how they pursue the way that they do their footballing practices. So we, we don't really know. We really don't know what to expect. So we don't know um, whether they would be upset by um, Eddie Howe. They may just as easily. I mean, you know, there might be just as bigger argument that says they've appointed him because they thought to themselves, OK, there is a danger that we could be relegated. Let's at least have somebody in place who is an ideal candidate um, to, to manage in the championship and get them back into the Premier League. We just don't know. We don't hear. We don't really get guided uh, as, as to what their mantra is in terms of, of organising Newcastle United and organising football. Yeah, OK. Um, Matthew was going to see you too. Um, he's asking, do you think it'll affect the players mentally, knowing that we can't get out of the bottom three, even with a win today? Do you know what it is? Uh, you know, we can talk about um, uh, the ownership we can talk about Eddie Howe. We can talk about the coaching staff. but And I'll say it again because I've said it while I talked about Steve Bruce and how, how on occasions everybody was screaming and bawling about Steve Bruce. These players, some of these players are absolutely disgraceful on occasions. Absolutely. You know, and, uh, uh, and I don't, you know, they, they, they beggar they, they beg some of decisions that they make you know you 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 look at them I mean here's here's a good case in point um Steve I was thinking about this the other day because you've got ASM who again inconsistent you, you you're not sure whether you love him one minute dislike him the next yes he scores a good goal against Watford but I think it's generally considered that for the majority of the game he didn't do an awful lot but I don't think there's any doubt to me in my mind the ASM doesn't seem the, the same person, the same attitude, um, whatever. Uh, the, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't feel the same human being that he was when Steve Bruce was involved. And as we know, there's a relationship. There was a relationship between ASM and Steve Bruce. And he said some very kind things about Steve Bruce when he left the football club. Right. The alternative uh, side of the the, the 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 card is that Joe Linton was an absolute disgrace and an absolute absolutely useless absolutely useless during his entire time with Steve Bruce has now turned into a player has clearly now done something about Eddie Howe maybe Eddie Howe is doing something tactically maybe Eddie Howe is doing something emotionally and psychologically to Joe Linton but the bottom line is for me if you're a professional footballer, you should put it in regardless. It doesn't matter whether you disagree with the manager and his tactics. 
You disagree with the manager about the way that they behave. You disagree with the manager about whether you sulk or not. You should put it in. You should put it in. You're there. You know, Alan Shearer took a header at every corner kick for Newcastle United. He didn't occasionally think, oh, do you know what it is? I'm going to stay on halfway. I'm going to stay on halfway. No, he'd get back, edge of that six-yard box, and he'd head it clear. And people do this. They do the professional job. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Joe Linton has completely changed his mentality. But ASM has gone the other way and he's less inconsistent. I think that's wrong. That's wrong. You should be pulling the shirt on in black and white stripes, regardless of whether the manager is somebody you like or you dislike. Somebody who upsets with you, somebody who dislikes and, or somebody who likes you and thinks you're great and, and, and is your pal. Just be a professional. And that is the biggest problem. We have, a, we have a, a squad of players who just aren't putting it about and just don't seem to have the consistency. Uh, and, and that's why Eddie Howe's talking about going to Saudi Arabia to try and get some sort of bonding, to try and get some sort of camaraderie between these players because they just do not, they, they don't look like a player who are ready and a team who are ready and a squad who are ready to kick it in and trying to keep Newcastle United free from relegation and getting them back into the Premier League next season. They're just, they're just not doing it enough. They're just not doing it enough. So we can blame the transfer window. We can blame the ownership. We can blame Eddie Howe. My favourite exercise is always blame these. These players have been absolute. For Steve Bruce, they were doing it. Um, Rafa was a, probably a slightly difficult argument because he was a bit, bit maybe a bit more hard-nosed. But essentially, this has been the same squad now for three or four years, and they're just not getting any better. And they're still doing disrespectful things, and they're still doing imp unprofessional and the way that they do about their business for Newcastle United. You brought up the dreaded R word, Rafa Benitez. He's out of a, jo <laughs> He's out of a job. Uh, I mean, that's... A lot of people on social media suggesting he could come back in to Newcastle, yeah. but this time as a director of football, is that mm. something that you would like to see? Um, I, I saw it straight away. I mean, it, it, again, it doesn't take a genius to work it out. What I would say is, uh, I mean, I had, a, I had a fantastic relationship with, with Rafa. You know, we spent three, four times a day maybe sitting, talking. Sometimes after interviews, we, we'd sit and talk about this, that and the other. Um, he, was, he was very kind to me. He said some very nice things to me about when I left the football club, even though he'd been there at a short period of time. Um, my feeling is, my gut feeling is, he's, he's not into that. I, I, I just don't see him into that, Steve. I, 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 I don't see Rafa Benitez as a director of football. I'll tell you what, direct, I'll tell you what Steve, uh, that Rafa Benitez, more than anything, he's just, and this is what I loved about Rafa Benitez, he's old school. He's old school. He'd be like me, he'd be like you. He would have been where he'd have been buying Shoot magazine at seven years of age to watch games of Real Madrid and Barcelona in football. He'd get he'd get chewing gum cards. He'd get a football every time he worked from school, and he'd play with the kids. He'd do all the things we did. He'd go down the jumpers in playgrounds. He'd he'd just want to play football. He'd just want to watch football. He just wanted to when he when he could play football, he could play football. As soon as he got injured. He got involved in coaching in football. He wanted to be involved in football. He's a lovely, lovely and a proper, proper footballing man. And I just don't see the, the fabrication and the sanitation uh, of being a director of football and sitting in a business with a, with a, with a, tea, with a, with a suit and a, and, a, and a tie. I don't see Rafa Benitez about that. I, I just don't see it. I would like to see it. I would love to see Rafa Benitez in some sort of capacity helping this football club because if nothing else Rafa Benitez will help you in some shape or form he will help you but I just I just don't think he does it I, I just can't see him as a director of football fingers crossed fingers crossed but I can't see it I really I, I really wish he would I really wish he would Steve because we need somebody to come in and give this give this football club a good kick in really Tom Dixon wants to know what formation you would play today Mick um, again, again, a little bit like, you know, Rafa and director football, you know, everybody's of the general opinion um, that Paul Dummett goes back into centre-back. Now, 
what I would say about this is if you went back through six, seven, eight, however many years, if you talked about John Anderson and myself doing commentaries of Newcastle United when Paul Dummett was coming into the into his career, when Paul Dummett was 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 dragging himself in, was kicking uh, defenders, was doing a proper proper lad. He's a proper proper man, proper player. Um, we very very early on grabbed it. Ando obviously knows way way better than me, but you know John Anderson is a is a fullback who did occasionally play centre back. But Ando very quickly grabbed it, and I, you know, didn't take a genius to work it out because he's he's a he's a, he can head a ball. Um, he's a decent size. He's not the biggest in the world, but he's he's big enough. But he looks for all the world to me uh, an opportunity, and he should have been he should have done it before now. Really, um, you know, he's been injured for a long time now. But I'd be absolutely, I'd be absolutely amazed if Paul Dummett doesn't play at centre back today, and if Paul Dummett, because the other thing about Paul Dummett coming in at centre back, the other thing about centre backs is, yes, you want a good pair, yes, you want proper defenders, yes, you want people who are prepared in the in the in the in in the with the rest of the troops, but he's left sided as well, Steve. To have a right and a left is a godsend as well. So I would have thought today you would put Jamal Lewis in at left back because he was back training again yesterday. Eddie Howe gave you the suggestion that he's available. So I would put I would put Lewis in at um, in at left back, and I would and I would put Paul Dummett in at um, at centre back. Who who plays alongside him? Again, I think it's very very. I, th- I think it's. I don't know. I, I don't know whether how psychologically Jamal Lascelles is, uh, because there's not an awful lot in it to me, Lascelles or Shah. Um, you know, you know, Shah doesn't get the, the sort of the, the sort of critic uh, or criticism that that Lascelles gets, but he's just as bad. He's just as bad. So you you could pick any one from two. In terms of the rest of it, what I would do is I think I think we've got to go for it to a degree, Steve. I really do. I, th- I think it could be jumpers in playgrounds because Leeds will just go for it. You know, you know, 90 minutes up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. You just have to keep going at them because they will, they will allow opportunities to get at them. So, you know, you've got Chris Wood in there. Again, you know, no Callum Wilson. But but you've got to, th- you've got to throw. Do you throw? The, the, the question is, again, Eddie Howe mentioned Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale's name was was banded around about he's available, he's available. I wouldn't be surprised if he played Dwight Gale and uh, Chris Wood. Yeah, I would like to see that. I think a lot of people would, and I think yeah. a lot of people... And, I, and, 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 and sorry, to go back to the... I would go 4-4-2. I would go 4-4-2. Uh, we, you, we, need, we need the... You know, if, if you've got Dwight Gale in there and you've got a target man, then that's what you're looking at. You're looking for the width we talked about last week. You've got Lewis one side, you've got Tripri the other, and then you've got Ryan Fraser and ASM. There's there's good width there. There's good width there, and then you hit Woods. Uh, you hit Wood. That you know Leeds know about Chris Wood, so they'll be wary of him. They'll know exactly what a presence he is. And then if you had Gale flitting around him, just busying around him, I don't know. I'm, I may have got it completely wrong. But that would be my wish, and that would be my thought. Yeah, I love uh, I love Rafa, so I wanted him to be the manager to complete that dream after a takeover. But how's our manager and deserves the respect to do his job? And my, uh, what a job to do, says Julie. Uh, yeah. Lewis Campos at Lille is a genius when it comes to identifying young talent. He would fit the role of director of football. There seems to be a lot of names in the hat for that. Somebody earlier said Keegan for director of football. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure that would happen. I mean, you see, I mean, g- g- going, going back to the point I made and I, and I, and I did double check on it because I was, I wasn't entirely sure uh, how long he was around, but I mean, I'd forgotten about it, but Graham Carr was at the football club for seven years, Steve, you know, 2010 to, to 2017, you know, he was there for a long time and he was a, you know, yes, people, because everybody got upset about it, because quite rightly, anybody who had an association 
with Mike Ashley or anybody who had an appointment by Mike Ashley. So it didn't matter whether it was Alan Pardew, it didn't matter whichever it was in terms of manager, they were conceived as being a mate of Mike Ashley and therefore they didn't get any sort of credit whatsoever. But this fella, all he was was director of football. And as I said, he'd been director of Tottenham Hotspur. He'd been director of Manchester City. He'd been a manager all right at Northampton. He was an ex-player. You know, Graham Carr ticked an awful lot of boxes, an awful lot of boxes. And he found some unbelievable players. I mean, proper good players. And he did it because that's his job. That's his job. That's what you do in life, Steve. If you want, if your tech, if your tech ops don't work in that studio, you buy somebody to come in and sort your tech out. You know, if, if, if you need the bins closing at work, you, you get the bin man to go and put the bins in. People do experts in life. Taxi drivers do taxis. I did a commentator. You did, you know, whatever you did. You know, in life, you need experts to do their job. You can't, but you, 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 you should never, you should never think that you can do it because you'll do it yourself. You know, we need it. We need at this minute in time, we need people who can find out how we run the football club, how we find the business, you know, you know, how we find these players back, how we get to them, how we deal with them. It's not easy. It's not easy. But Graham Carr did it for seven years. Hatton Ben Arthur, you know, Johan Kabay. Yes, they're all you know, foreign. Yes, they're French. Yes, you know, Denver Bar, Papi Cissé. Great signings. Great fun. No, you know, Papi Cissé, we didn't know. Kabay, we barely knew. These are top, top players. You know, it's... We need we need to find somebody, Steve. We need to find somebody. But then again, you know, the transfer window is almost gone. Yeah, it is. Uh, give us a prediction for today's game then, Mick. Do you know what it is? Having said that, I honestly thought that we'd get three or four against Cambridge uh, and that we would get a 2-1 against Watford, although, again, it didn't, take, it, it didn't take a genius to work it out, but we will concede against Watford, but we might just nick two. So we'll win 2-1 against Watford. We will definitely concede today, and I just don't think we'll score today. So I think we'll get beat today. As much as I hate saying it, and I, and I, you know, but there's there's no point saying it for the sake of saying it. So I, I, I'm gonna say we'd get beat today, and I think we might get beat two or three nil. I really do. I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm sad to say, but I think we will. They 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 look to me like the worst sort of team that we can face at the minute. If we're feeling sorry for ourselves, if we're not psychologically at it, if we're not if we've not got that camaraderie, if we've not got that belief that we've that we don't seem to see, they will be the exact opposite. They they will have raw meat all week with Bielsa. He'll have them. I mean, they fight at each other in training. I saw a brilliant uh, article not long ago that they play murder ball. I think we talked about this, didn't we? <laughs> two a couple of months ago, how Leeds play one one thing they do each week. They play murder ball with one another. I just wish Newcastle and Newcastle United would play murder ball at, at training once a week just to try and give each other a bit of a kick and give everybody a bit of a warning that there's more to life than just sitting around strolling about losing games of football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, well, I'm sticking with my original prediction, which is 3-1 to Leeds. Uh, I do feel we'll score, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm not very optimistic either. But... Let's hope I proved wrong. I'm back tomorrow night. Uh, six o'clock tomorrow night. Holly and I will be on. Uh, I can't do it tomorrow morning, so it will be six o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, so tune in then. Mick, I will see you next Saturday, mate. Yeah, have a, have, a, have a great day. And I'll tell you something for nothing. Once because in between being at Metro and at the BBC, I did have a sabbatical of about six months. And one of them was a day at Leeds behind the goal. Oh, what a day. I can't remember what the... Ex Can you remember the fixture? It, I, think, I think we won about three or four, and it was mind-boggling. It was absolutely... I'll tell you something for nothing. Whoever is best in that, in, in that game today, behind the goal, there'll only be one winner there. There'll only be one winner behind the goal. Let's just hope the 11 in front of the goal can be just as good as the 2,500 black and whites who will do the job today. Yeah, fingers crossed. Catch up with uh, Mick as well in the flesh next week, uh, next Sunday. Yeah. Last Looking chance to get to it. 
Last chance to get tickets for uh, an afternoon with Peter Beardsley and Mick Lowe's. We've got a little warm-up act of me, Supermac and Gibbo as well to uh, to get the crowd in the mood. Just talking a little bit about the uh, the transfer window and a little bit about modern day before Mick and Peter take the stage. So we'll get your tickets. Uh, they are still available on Groupon or NewcastleLegends.com. Uh, and don't forget, got a couple of interviews teed up for, uh, for today. Uh, there is a chat tonight at 6 o'clock going live on the channel with Andy McNabb. For those of you who love SAS stories, it's a good interview. And then tomorrow at six o'clock, I interviewed the world's strongest man, Tom Stoltman, which was a cracking interview. Really enjoyed that. And uh, two, it's not two, a centre back, is he? No, well, we did ask him the question if he would play centre back, and uh, <laughs> he said he didn't think they would appreciate it. I asked him about Mike Ashley as well because he's a Rangers fan, so that was interesting as well. So uh, great stuff. Tune in; it's well worth uh, well worth a watch. Okay, Mick. See you next Saturday. See Take you later, care, pal. Thank you. Talking to myself again But it's easy